0: Hey everybody, and welcome to the second episode of Internationally Managed. My name is Nick Agliata.
1: and I'm Antonio Giorgi.
0: Today, we're starting a series called Meet the Orchestra, where we will interview members of the orchestra and the rest of the apprentices. Today we're starting with one of the composers, Justin Zeitlinger. We'll be asking him questions about his compositional career thus far and compositional career in the future.
1: Tell us about yourself.
2: Uh, Yeah, I'm Justin. Uh, I'm 18 and I'm from New Jersey and I'm one of two apprentice composers here at NYO this year. Um, I've studied composition for five years and I also play the violin. Awesome. Uh, How did
0: you start composing? Uh, Were you like in a youth orchestra and found an interest in music or in in composing your own music or did you start on your own?
2: Uh, I actually, like many composers, I started off on an instrument. Um, I started on violin when I was about four. And uh, like so many other composers, I got to a point uh, when I was a bit older, maybe uh, nine or 10, where I wanted to sort of, um, in my practicing, I would sort of stop to jot down little ideas that, that I would test out or play on my violin. And uh, as, I, as I grew and got older, I wanted to sort of be scribbling down these ideas more than I wanted to be practicing. Um, and eventually um, to the point where I wanted to take composition uh, seriously and and really give it give it a, a go um, So that's sort of how I got started.
0: Awesome did, after that. Did you start uh, pursuing like some sort of teacher or? Uh, like an apprenticeship mentor situation where you started
2: to work with somebody. Uh, yeah, actually when I was uh, in seventh grade, I applied for Juilliard Pre College um, as a composition major and Before that, I had never had a teacher. Um, I would sometimes show things to my violin teacher, but she, not being a composer, um, sort of pointed me in the direction of Juilliard Pre-College, and uh, I ended up getting in, and then uh, studied with... My teacher there was was Ira Taxen, um, and I studied with him for the five years I was there.
0: Awesome.
1: That is awesome. Is there any particular composer, do you think, that struck you to inspire you to start composing? Um, I, I don't know if there
2: was any... Uh, one composer in particular, just because my my musical tastes have grown and and changed so much over time, I think it was sort of the composite of all the music that I was playing and and listening to, and also my interest in more contemporary music, uh, 20th century music, and and music of living composers that sort of compelled me to say, I want to do that too.
0: Yeah, while we're on the topic of you being interested in contemporary music, uh, what are what are some of your favorite contemporary composers that you think your work is almost like where you where you find inspiration for for your work?
2: Uh, well right now I've really been exploring a lot of the music of um, of composers like like Lachenmann uh, and Enopalpa and, and some of some of the European modernists. Uh, Marc-Andre, people like that, mm-hmm. um, but also some American composers, uh, Andrew Norman, Eric Wubbles, um, I've just, I, I really admire their work and um, they're a big influence on me. Awesome, uh, have you uh, had a chance to work with
0: the uh, composers here a lot and uh, like the composing teacher and the other composer and what has that been like?
2: Yeah, actually, um, over over these uh, these few days, I've had the opportunity to um, to work with the other apprentice composer, uh, Lee um who's who's really talented, and uh, our wonderful mentor, Sean Shepard, uh, who is really just a, a composer of the highest caliber and uh, a really wonderful um, thinker as well and teacher. Um, and it's been it's been really amazing to work in this super individualized setting uh, and talk about this sort of high level new music and high-level compositional ideas together. Uh, it's been inspirational working with the both of them.
1: That is that is truly beautiful to hear. Uh, why do you like composing? It is, what about it really strikes you? Um,
2: I, I don't know if it's, it's not something that I ever really said, oh, like I, I would really... Uh, it was never like a, a theoretical, like, oh, I'd really like to be able to do that. I guess it was just something that I sort of had to... For me, it's like I... I feel the need to get something out, or, or to express something through music. Um, and to, to quote uh, Christopher Rouse, who was quoting George Bernard Shaw, um, I don't enjoy writing, but I enjoy having written. So sometimes the process of actually writing can, mm-hmm. can be difficult or can be kind of grinding, but once you find the, the right idea, or once you put things together in the right way, it can just be such a rush.
0: So right. Yeah, that that sounds like it, it would be when you can look at your finished project product. I feel like that'd be something very pleasing. Um, so next, uh, what do you think are like your personal compositional strengths? Where do you think you have really like cornered the market, and where do you think you're building your 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 Justin brand, your your Zeitlinger brand, where people what what people will remember you by?
2: Um, I I think one particular strength that I've, well, one particular thing that I've always believed strongly in that I think has been a strength for me is uh, sort of having a, a very personal sense of, of what it is that I want to express. I've, I've never been the kind of person to, um, to want to be categorized into any one school of thought or any one uh, system of composition. And I've always sought to express myself the most personal and authentic way I can. Um, And I I just think having a strong sense of self and and not being labeled or boxed in is is something uh, That that has worked for me well
0: Awesome. Yeah, that's very interesting Um, Are there any things that you do when you are composing that are abstract? Do you like sit under a tree or like like what do you do when you when you're getting ready to compose?
2: Uh, Well for me, uh, I personally have I, I know colleagues who are different, but I personally have never really been the type of person to say, oh, uh, look at the sunset, or look at this painting, it's mm-hmm. so beautiful, I'm going to write a piece about it. Um, for me, it's just kind of like, it's nothing really too too romantic, it's just kind of like, I'll either be working at the piano and just trying out harmonies, or I have an idea for a certain a certain thing in my head that I want to work out, or I'll, I'll be working on my violin and try something out and go from there. Uh, it depends on, the, its it definitely depends on the piece and the situation, but... Um, I definitely tend to just work more concretely. Awesome. Very interesting.
1: So just into contrast on that, what would you say your compositional weaknesses are?
2: Uh, Well, a few things. Um, One one thing that I've always struggled with is the fact that I'm not really a a consistent uh, composer in terms of being able to come up with material, uh, the same amount of material on any given day. There's one day where I might struggle to write two bars, then another day I'll, I'll sketch out four minutes of music, um, and I can never really tell when it's going to happen, so I've always envied people who can just sit down and write 20 bars of music a day or something and and, and always have it, have it with them. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that I've been, I don't know if it's a weakness, but something that I've, I've been trying to grow into is getting more comfortable with longer, larger scale forms. Uh, I tended to write shorter movements or, or just shorter scale pieces in the past and I'm trying to work on expanding that into long individual uh, sorry long single movement pieces.
0: Awesome yeah and I'm sure that's just something that that comes with time as it's easier to get a full circle idea out of something shorter and working into something larger is probably just will come with time. Um, What about like your compositions um w- would you change like after the fact do you ever find yourself adjusting your pieces? I know uh, Bruckner was famous for for doing that a lot, so do you, are you like Bruckner in that way?
2: Well, um I, I personally haven't really done that. Uh, there are times when I've, I've written a piece and then I've said, oh, I, I would really I wish I could uh, go back and, and change this or that or expand this, but then usually I find that if I go too long after the fact, I, I just there oftentimes i'm develop you know still being a young composer i'm developing at a rate where maybe six months ago the music that i was writing doesn't really apply to me anymore so i don't really know how i would go back and -hmm. fix it so in that case uh i usually leave it um but yeah at some point maybe uh i've always been fascinated by people like Boulez, who would never have a finished piece, it would just be like, it would be one thing, then it would grow to another Mm -hmm. thing, and then it would just never, it would be always changing. For me, I haven't really done that, but it's possible in the future when I settle in a little bit more, I could do that.
0: Awesome. Um, I know one big thing about composition that has been like a repeating motif of the past like thousand years of music has been borrowing from previous composers or composers even borrowing from themselves uh, their own music earlier in their lives do you find that there is one composer who you borrow from more than any other or you borrow from your earlier pieces or things like that?
2: Um, well, in terms of borrowing, that's actually something um, I've become more comfortable with recently. Uh, I I don't know that there's any one composer specifically. It depends on the piece. Um, actually, I had a, a recent solo oboe piece that uh, quoted the clarinet movement from the Messian Quartet from the end of time, um, but that was sort of it's supposed to be in an ironic way. Uh, sort of sarcastic, sort of comical way. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, the, the, it's interesting that you ask that because the piece that I, I wrote for, for NYO this year, um, the, the name of the piece is Cosmic Fractals in Memoriam, Christophe Bertrand. And it doesn't exactly quote, but it kind of has very strong references to uh, the music of Christoph Bertrand, specifically his, his piece uh, Scales. And um, I'm actually, at, at this point in my life, I've uh, actually become very comfortable with acknowledging uh, the influence of other composers and and that I do take um, influence from them and and I'm not afraid to to say that I'm very inspired by them and sometimes uh, in the right circumstances uh, I might quote their music.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. That is really actually quite fascinating to hear. Uh, Where would you like to see your career in the next five years or so on from here?
2: (laughs) Well in five years from now uh, I'll probably be a, a broke grad student. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, and where um, will you
1: be attending this fall? Would you like to tell us?
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this before. Uh, I'm going to Eastman for uh, as a oh, composition major. Phenomenal.
1: Yay. So, congratulations. Congrats on getting
2: in. Well, thank you. Um, and yeah, no, in, in five years, hopefully, uh, I, I definitely I plan to, to continue uh, composition and be in school. And I hope to continue studying violin as well. I, I would love to to have some sort of either be in some sort of new music ensemble that I would write for and, and play in or be in some sort of composer collective, I think something like that would be terrific.
0: Mm-hmm. I know um, one of the options for us performing majors is something like the New World Ensemble where we can uh, join that and like, work, work with other people around our age. Is there any equivalent to that in the compositional field or does, does New World take
2: on a composer? you're talking you about New World Symphony? Yeah. New World, yeah, New World in Symphony. In Miami Beach, yeah. uh, I, to be honest, I, I don't know terribly much about that that program. I, I am aware of um, that that organization, but uh, there there are a few um, in terms of like high school students or, or young composers. Um, there are a few sorts of opportunities to, to get together or programs for young composers. There's mm-hmm. things summer programs like this or, mm-hmm. or um, BUTI a Tanglewood or uh, Interlocking. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also like conservatory pre-college programs. Like I, I attended Juilliard pre-college. I know there's there's others. This uh, like in New York City. There's some conservatories in other cities, um, and yeah, th- there's there's just there's a few different programs out there. Awesome.
1: So just into contrast on that, what would you say your compositional weaknesses are?
2: Uh, well, a few things. Um, one one thing that I've always struggled with is the fact that I've not really a a consistent uh, composer in terms of being able to come up with material, uh, the same amount of material on any given day. There's one day where I might struggle to write two bars, then another day I'll I'll sketch out four minutes of music, um, and I can never really tell when it's going to happen, so I've always envied people who can just sit down and write 20 bars of music a day or something and, and, and always have it have it with them mm-hmm. um another thing that i've been i don't know as a weakness but something that I've, I've been trying to grow into is getting more comfortable with longer larger scale forms uh i tended to write shorter movements or, or just shorter scale pieces in the past and i'm trying to work on expanding that into long individual uh sorry long single movement pieces awesome yeah and i'm sure that's just
0: something that that comes with time as a it's easier to get a full circle idea out of something shorter and working into something larger is probably just will come with time um what about like your compositions um w- would you change like after the fact do you ever find yourself adjusting your pieces I know uh Bruckner was famous for for doing that a lot so do you, are you like Bruckner in that way
2: well um I, I personally haven't really done that. Uh, There are times when I've I've written a piece and then I've said, oh, I I would really, I wish I could uh, go back and and change this or that or expand this. But then usually I find that if I go too long after the fact, I I just, uh, there oftentimes I'm develop, you know, still being a young composer, I'm developing at a rate where maybe six months ago the music that I was writing doesn't really apply to me anymore. So I don't really know how I would go back and and fix mm-hmm. it so in that case uh i usually leave it um but yeah I, at some point maybe uh I, i've always been fascinated by people like boulez who like would never have a finished piece it would just be like it'd be one thing then it would grow to another mm-hmm. thing and then it would just never it'd be always changing for me i haven't really done that but it's possible in the future when i settle in a little bit more i could do that
0: awesome um I know one big thing about composition that has been, like, a repeating motif of the past, like, thousand years of music has been borrowing from previous composers or composers even borrowing from themselves uh, their own music earlier in their lives. Do you find that there is one composer who you borrow from more than any other or you borrow from your earlier pieces or things like that?
2: Um, Well, in terms of borrowing, that's actually something um, I've become more comfortable with recently. Uh, I... I don't know that there's any one composer specifically it depends on the piece um actually i had a, a recent solo oboe piece that uh, quoted the clarinet movement from the Messian quartet from the end of time um, but that was sort of supposed to be in an ironic uh sort of ca- sarcastic sort of comical way mm-hmm. um, actually the, the, it's interesting that you ask that because the piece that i, I wrote for for nyo this year um the, the name of the piece is cosmic fractals in memoriam christophe bertrand and it doesn't exactly quote but it kind of has very strong references to uh, the music of Christoph Bertrand, specifically his his piece uh, Scales. And um, I'm actually, at at this point in my life, I've uh, actually become very comfortable with acknowledging uh, the influence of other composers and and that I do take um, influence from them and and I'm not afraid to to say that I'm very inspired by them and sometimes, uh, in the right circumstances, uh, I might quote their music.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That is really actually quite fascinating to hear. Uh, where would you like to see your career in the next five years or so on from here?
2: Uh, well, in five years from now, uh, I'll probably be a, a broke grad student. But, <laughs> but, and uh, where
1: will you be attending this fall, would you like to tell us?
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this before. Uh, I'm going to Eastman for uh, as a oh, composition major.
1: So, congratulations. Congrats
2: on getting in. Well, thank you. Um, and yeah, no, in, f- in five years, hopefully, uh, I, I definitely I plan to, to continue uh, composition and be in school, and I hope to continue studying violin as well. I, w- I would love to, to have some sort of, either be in some sort of new music ensemble that I would write for and, and play in, or be in some sort of composer collective. I think something like that would be terrific.
0: Mm-hmm. I know um, one of the options for us performing majors is something like the New World Ensemble, where we can uh join that and like work work with other people around our age. Is there any equivalent to that in the compositional field or does does New World take on a composer?
2: Do, do you are you saying about New World Symphony?
1: New yeah. World Yeah, New World in Miami, Symphony. Beach, yeah.
2: Uh yeah. I to be honest, I, I don't know terribly much about that, that program. I, I am aware of um that that organization. But uh there there are a few um in terms of like high school students or, or young composers, um there are a few Sorts of opportunities to, to get together or programs for young composers. There's things summer programs like this or, mm-hmm. or um, BUTI at Tanglewood or uh, mm-hmm. Um There's also like conservatory pre-college programs. Like I, I attended Juilliard pre-college. I know there's there's others. This uh, like in New York City. There's some conservatories in other cities, um, and yeah, th- there's there's just there's a few different programs out there. Awesome.
1: So I have a question, Justin. Um, have you ever written for a classical saxophone? Being classical saxophonist myself, I'm nearly curious.
2: Actually, I have. Um, I, I wrote one piece when I was uh, at BUTI. Uh, it was an octet for a mixed ensemble, and one of the instruments was alto saxophone. Uh, it was actually because it was a funny story. Um, one of the RAs who... Um, was was around campus was the saxophonist he's like oh you should write a part for me so i did uh and it was a lot of fun i'd never i'd never worked for sax uh i'd never written a saxophone part before but um it was really a lot of fun and i think the saxophone can work really well in classical ensembles and in orchestra i've heard it used really effectively in orchestra and i think especially in new music 21st century music it definitely uh adds a a really rich uh, color palette
0: Awesome. Have you uh, written for bassoon?
2: I have as, as well. Actually, I wrote uh, a solo bassoon piece for a friend of mine a few years ago, um, and that, that was another another cool experience. Tell us about it. What is the what are what are these pieces like? Both
0: the saxophone one and the the bassoon one.
2: Oh uh, well, the the one with saxophone is actually it's a, an octet. Uh, the The idea for the piece was I wanted to write a piece that ha- that featured uh, every an instrument from every uh, family, so it was. Flute, doubling a piccolo, um, clarinet and bass clarinet, saxophone, trumpet, viola, two percussion, and piano. Okay. Um, so kind of like Pierrot plus, but not really Piro at all, just kind of like eight people. Um, and the uh, bassoon piece was a, was a solo bassoon piece. Um, the name was Three Monologues for Solo Bassoon. Uh, it's a set of three short movements. Um, and yeah, it was really about, my idea for that was exploring sort of not so much the typical uh idea of of bassoon as is often portrayed in the orchestra that's sort of staccato or can really sort of do the people people sort of um tongued notes um but i really want to explore the lyrical aspect of the bassoon and it's a lot of sort of long melodic lines so that was the idea for that piece
0: interesting um so Let's bring this uh, to a close. Are there any other questions we should ask him? Well,
1: uh, I can't think of any at the moment. Thank you so much for uh, talking to us today. It is fascinating to hear. Yeah, about thank you course.
0: for being our first uh, member of the orchestra in the NYO program on our Meet the Orchestras, uh, Meet the Orchestra program, and um, hope to hear from uh, you in the future and see see what you're doing uh, with your compositional. Uh, career.
1: Your best of luck in the future.
0: Yeah. yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. All right, everybody, that was Justin Zeitlinger, the composer-apprentice for the 2018 National Youth Orchestra. My name is Nick Agliata.
1: And I'm Antonio Jarvi.
0: We'll see you tomorrow.